How can we, as creative educators and entrepreneurs, find our authentic voice, get real in a world where real is hard to come by, and share our vision all while making some serious money and keeping it all balanced? Hey, hey, it's Alyssa with the Teacher Hustle Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. Thanks for taking a chance on me. I'm a fifth grade teacher, toddler mom, and serial entrepreneur. I'm answering all your burning questions and bringing you simple business tips, mindset shifts, and inspiration to help you turn your passion into an income that makes an impact without being overly complicated. You know that one thing you can't stop talking about? We are going to share it with the world. So grab a cup of coffee and let's bring your wildest ideas to life. Today, we're talking about another one of my favorite topics, part of the three V's, the kind of core values of Teacher Hustle University. This is the third V, viral content. We've all seen a post or a pin that's gone completely viral, and let's be honest here, we wish the same thing would happen to us, right? What if you, though, could actually purposefully create something that you knew would go viral? I'll tell you why viral is not an accident and you need viral content to get you out of a creative rut, how I created a viral blog post that had over 6,000 engagements on Twitter when I really only had a couple hundred followers, has gone completely viral on Pinterest, and now even has its own hashtag, and how you can do this on your own business, in your own business, over and over and over again to increase your sales and your impact. All right, we just finished the launch of Teacher Hustle University. I am humbled. I am honored. I am excited. I am exhausted. The launch was incredible. I'm exhausted, but it was incredible. If you were following along with the launch, you know we welcomed 48 new Teacher Hustle University crew members. 48. I could not be more thrilled to be working with these teachers. And they they joined despite the fact that my Facebook ads account, you guys, it was totally shut down about two weeks prior to launch, which is the worst time for your ads account to go down. There was some suspicious activity on my Facebook account. It got totally shut down, some kind of a login issue. And that is why content marketing and having an email list is so important. All 48 of those members knew me through Instagram or email. I did not rely on ads whatsoever, which was kind of an interesting um, just thing to happen and experience to go through. But anyway, the new crew is already up to all kinds of things inside the group. Accountability groups, they're doing vision boards, they're setting up their offices, doing visualization exercises, personality quizzes. This week, we have our big kickoff party for our latest quarterly challenge that I am running and supporting. I am excited to have time now to just focus on the crew and creating content for you on this podcast and just kind of hang out and enjoy being with these teachers for a while. So if you did not get to join us this round, I'm not actually sure. A lot of you asked me, when are the doors opening again? And I was honest with you when you asked me that question. I really do not know. I don't have any plans right now. I am, um, you know, I am going to think about the next launch soon, but right now I'm just enjoying my time with the new crew and just welcoming everybody and supporting everyone in implementing the framework. But if you're on my email list, you will always be the first to know when the doors open. So make sure you go to alyssamcdonald.com. My name is spelled with an I, not a Y, to join the list. 
All right, so let's dive into talking about today's topic, viral content. If you've heard me talk before, you probably already know this story. It's the story of how I discovered the power of going viral, but I'm telling it again because it's a good one. So back in 2012, when I owned a brick and mortar store with my sister, we had this experience of going viral, which actually is really rare for a little store in a quaint downtown area, but it did happen. We sold vintage furniture, so we would find old furniture at flea markets and auctions. We would even find stuff on the side of the road. One time this, um, I don't know how we found it, but there was this mansion, I mean this huge house in our downtown area, and the person who lived there had just passed away and she didn't have any family, and they called us and asked if we wanted to go through her basement, and it was just the coolest experience she had amazing, amazing stuff down. Like It was so cool. So anyway, we got all of that old stuff and we painted it with chalk paint and we sold the chalk paint in the store and we held painting classes and Pinterest parties and none of it was my idea. I am not a crafty person by nature. I am definitely not artistic. This was all my sister's idea and I just do whatever she tells me to do because I'm the little sister. So I was in charge of networking naturally, like doing the marketing, meeting with local businesses, creating an online presence for our store, which was actually a new concept back then, believe it or not. It was kind of rare for local businesses to show up online. So that was my role at the store. And one day we got a phone call from a publisher and he was looking to sell his new book to have a book signing in our downtown area. Uh, It was a biography on an NBA player from our hometown. He was, you know, started in our hometown and went to the NBA So this publisher wanted us to host a book signing and have the player into our store to sign autographs on this biography. And I almost said no, for obvious reasons. Our niche audience is women working on DIY projects and interested in home decor. So why would they care about basketball? But then I thought about who that might attract and it would attract men, basketball fans, and it was Christmas time. So I knew we couldn't turn this opportunity down. And sure enough, the night of the book signing, there was a line down the road. I wish I had a picture. All these men lined up to get into this girly store, um, you know, in their coats and hats and mittens. It was freezing. And while they were waiting, because they had to wait in line for um, this player to sign their book, they bought last minute gifts for their wives, of course, and they bought tons of gift cards. We had women coming in for months after that telling us they never would have known to stop in this little store if it weren't for their husband buying them the gift card. And that's the magic of viral content. When you have a new and fresh idea, one that everyone needs or everyone wants, suddenly you have this injection of engagement and interest and cash in your business. So let's face it, sometimes content marketing, which is what I teach, which I really believe in, but sometimes it can feel a little like the tortoise of the marketing world. There are things that will move your business along faster. Usually they're paid opportunities like advertisements, like I was telling you with my Facebook ads. You're trying to put out consistent content organically. You're trying to attract your ideal customer avatar. You're doing all the right things, but sometimes it can feel like it moves kind of slowly. Viral content can speed everything up for you, especially when you've been working on great content in the background. You have a nice base of good content in addition to that one piece of viral content that can really boost your business. And you guys, viral content, it doesn't just happen, believe it or not. It is not luck. 
It's strategy. You don't need to wait around for a phone call like we did that somebody famous is coming to your store. You need to make purposeful moves to create your own viral content and opportunities. And I'm going to teach you how to do this in your business. So fast forward to January 2009. In September of 2018, I realized I needed to slow down the work I was doing with local businesses on their marketing strategy. So I was working one-on-one with these local businesses, um, coaching them in marketing and sometimes doing it for them. So I would actually take over their online marketing strategy and do it. Well, I had just had my second baby and I just didn't have the time. I needed something that was going to require less actual hours for dollars. I needed a business where I didn't have to trade in time for money. I needed something I could build up and let it keep paying me while I spent time with the new baby and my toddler. And frankly, uh, daycare is expensive. I wanted some extra money. I wanted to be able to go to Target without feeling guilty. So I turned to my TPT store. I'd had it running since 2012, but I only had, I I don't know how many products at the time, maybe like less than 40. I had only uploaded things once in a while as I needed them for my own classroom. And during this time, I thought I will play around with my marketing strategies from local businesses to try to grow my TPT store and position myself as a thought leader on relevant literacy for big kids is what I wanted to talk about, like um, podcasting and media literacy and Uh, reading online and all of that stuff. That's what I was passionate about. I'm still passionate about that. But during this time, I felt like here I am brand new to the teacher world. Let me try out some strategies that I see other teachers doing that I see kind of going on in this world. Let me try some of those out, even though they, you know, some of the strategies didn't seem right to me, but I thought I'll try them out anyway. I was just kind of testing the waters. And one night after the baby woke up for his feeding, I could still remember it was like 3 a.m. I could not get back to sleep. So I just laid there thinking about business strategy because that's what I do when I can't sleep. I <laughs> That's how nerdy I am. So I had tried out some of these strategies that would have totally worked wonders in the local marketing world. Most of it was on Instagram having to do with hashtag strategy. And so what I was trying that I knew would have worked in the local world wasn't working here. And I knew why. I knew it was because there's just a lot of noise. There's a lot of teachers talking in this space, which is amazing. It's a lot of variety for us to learn from. But it 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 felt saturated. Like it felt like every time I tried to make a move, the growth would happen, but it was just so, so slow. And at the time, I had only a few posts on my Teachergram account, but I had built up a small following, about 400 followers on my Twitter. This was because I had been retweeting professional articles and information around literacy on my Twitter, not to sell anything or try to position myself as a thought leader or anything genius like that. It was just a bookmarking system for my own teaching. So I could remember some of the ideas I wanted to try and I wanted to connect with other teachers and leaders of PD. And so it was just a little kind of connection piece for me. So I started thinking about how could I create a viral opportunity for myself like the book in this store? How could I make a name for myself faster? I knew I needed a viral idea. And so here's how that viral idea happened. Right after I started thinking about that in that same 3 a.m. morning, um, I got thinking about viral content and I thought about what viral content already existed in the teacher world. So I thought about the products or the projects that every teacher knew about, the ones that were all over Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest. And this is how my mind works. I go to kind of like what's working and why. 
I thought about that book tasting project. You guys know the one. It's adorable. You put out tablecloths and menus and the kids try out or taste different books. Viral. I thought about that bulletin board that everyone has called Readbox. You know the one. So it's a play off the popular Redbox. Viral. What is something really popular for kids that I could turn into a literacy project that I could share and it would kind of go viral? Something so cool that people would want to share it. Immediately, my mind went to Netflix. My fifth graders know all about what Netflix is. Most of them have a Netflix account, their parents do. What if I could turn Netflix into some kind of a bulletin board or a book display? And that's how the idea for BookFlix came about. By the next afternoon, I had created it. I gave, told the idea to my class. I actually wanted to call it Netbooks. And one of the kids suggested I call it BookFlix, obviously. And so we put together that display in a day. The kids helped me with it. We turned the whole um, book display into, it looks just like Netflix, only it's made from books. And we got it up and running in the classroom. And, you know, I can't help but run with an idea that I get at 3 a.m., right? So I posted the picture that afternoon on Twitter. And sure enough, is spread like crazy. So I made a few mistakes when I did this um, because by the following week, someone else with a larger following had recreated the display, retweeted it, and had an article written about her. And then that was retweeted and the whole thing was credited to her, which is fine. I am not worried about that, to be honest, because the best part of all of it is that now you can search the BookFlix hashtag and you'll find hundreds of displays all over the world helping kids relate to books. I may not be rich because of it. I might not be getting credit for the idea. It really didn't help grow my following because I posted it on Twitter, which is not really where I'm trying to grow my following, but it helped kids. And I know in my heart of hearts that I came up with that idea one late one night at 3 a.m. when the baby woke up for his feeding. It's just cool. It's just cool that that happened. But since then, I've realized I actually don't love creating for Teachers Pay Teachers. I don't want to say that too loud. It's not my passion area. It's not, you know, I love coming up with ideas. I hate designing the products. It's just tedious for me. So I do spend time marketing my existing resources a little bit, but more so I do it just to kind of test out my marketing strategies. What I really love to talk about, obviously, is marketing. I love helping those local businesses. I love helping teachers. I find they have a lot in common. But one lesson I learned from playing around with viral content through the BookFlix activity is just that the viral content can be created on purpose and it will boost your position as a go-to in your niche area if it's done correctly. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're like, okay, Alyssa, an idea like that, awesome, but that comes around once in a blue moon. How do I even know I'm going to get an idea like that and then I'm never going to have one again, right? There's no way I can create viral content on the regular in my biz. But the simple fact is this, you can. You can create viral content in your business time and time again, over and over, and I'm going to teach you how. Here's the big news. It's a mindset shift. That's the secret. You might not agree with me on this one, but I'm going to say it anyway. If you want to grow your impact faster, if you want to make more sales, listen to me right now, you have to stop creating products and offers based on what you would want. If you typically sit down to create something, whether it's on TPT or it's for your course or your membership or putting together a presentation for a PD day, if you start your brainstorming process with what you would want to hear, it's not going to resonate. This is why knowing your ideal customer inside and out benefits your business. 
It's why you do all those worksheets on knowing all of the things about your um, customer avatar, how old they are, what their favorite food is and what they need, um, what they need, you know, for lunch, what they ate for lunch, what they ate for dinner. It's not it's not about filling out the worksheet. It's not just about knowing everything about your ideal customer. It's about knowing what their pain points are. What do they need right now? What are they looking for right now? So here are the steps to figuring out what your ideal customer needs. I'm going to break it down for you. Write these steps down. There's three of them. The first step is figure out who your ideal customer is. Like we just said, do a worksheet or whatever you've got to do, but figure out who your ideal customer is. And if you don't know who your ideal customer is, if that brings like a big question mark for you, you may need to back up and do some serious work around your brand and your niche. If something doesn't feel right, if you don't know who your audience is, or if you know who your audience is, but you're feeling a little bored by the idea of creating what they want, it may be time for a pivot in your business. You're going to want to do that work first. That's a podcast for another day. So if there's any red flags going on around your ideal customer, stop and figure that out before you go on. Once you know your ideal customer, go on to step two, which is find your ideal customer. So wherever you already have a social media account, find your ideal customer there get a sampling of them and watch them. I know that sounds so creepy, but you've got to do it. In your own school, you could even decide which teachers would be your ideal customers and listen to them. When they complain, don't walk away, don't roll your eyes, don't tell them to stop. Get them to tell you more and write it down. This is viral content gold. And the more you use your ideal customers' actual words to create products, offers, and content the more sales you're going to make. So how will you know when you've hit the mark, when you've come up with that juicy viral content? You're going to know because people are going to be in your inbox saying things like, how did you read my mind? How did you know I needed that? I've been waiting for something like this. Where have you been all my life? Those are the kinds of comments you're going to get in your inbox. So step three is to keep paying attention. What part of your content seems to really resonate with people? Whatever it is, write it down, keep tracking it, keep creating content based on what your ideal customer is interacting with and just keep that cycle going. I wanna give you a few concrete examples. So last year when I was still working on creating products for TPT before Teacher Hustle University came about, I wanted to test out my idea about viral content again with a product. So instead of creating what I needed for my classroom like I used to do back in the day, I went into a fifth grade Facebook group and I lurked. I listened. I I asked myself, what are they talking about over and over again? In this particular group, one topic really piqued my interest because it was right up my alley. It was a six minutes podcast. That thing, it was coming up again and again and again. That's all people were talking about. And the pain point was that they wanted a companion worksheet for the podcast, but they didn't want anything complicated. The point of the podcast is it's only six minutes. So you can listen to it during snack and be done with it. They wanted something for the kids to do during the time to keep their focus during listening to this podcast. And I had been recently listening to podcasts with my own students and I knew exactly what would work. When kids are listening to podcasts, they often are like super awkward. They don't know where to look or what to do with their hands. It's like they, they're just feeling so strange. It's not a video, but it kind of feels like a video. And it's like, eating popcorn when you're at the movies. You just need something to do, but it can't take too much of your attention or you will lose focus on what you're listening to. So I had been giving my students those adult coloring sheets, the the real intricate patterns during podcasts, and they had been a huge hit. And they helped a ton with listening comprehension. So 
I developed a product, podcast sketches, little boxes for students to doodle a picture of what was happening on the episode that day, just enough to keep their focus, but without being distracting, not too much, so that the teacher would have to do a lot of prep or take a lot of class time, and something the kids would love. Bam, viral content. I have had it up for about five months, sold over 300 copies. I think I sold almost 20 copies just today. Um, this this week has been like huge for that product. Viral content for the win. It's all a shift in the way you think when you sit down to create. So the next time you find yourself in a creative rut, you may just need to sit back and listen. You may have to just kind of quiet yourself and listen. And this doesn't only apply to creating products for TPT. It also applies to creating content for your blog, your social media posts, your sales pages, videos. Anytime you have to come up with something, use your ideal customer as a starting point. Create something your ideal customer is not not only going to love, but something that they're going to want to share. That's what gives it that viral quality. Like, this is so amazing. I need to share it with my friends. It's the same thing local businesses do with word of mouth. They know word of mouth is the best advertisement. So they're constantly asking customers' opinions, taking advantage of listening to the customer, and then turning right around to create whatever the customer is asking for. Right before I sat down to write this podcast episode, I was having total writer's block. I am just coming off of a launch. I've been talking about myself for two weeks straight. I'm like, what am I going to talk about this week? What do people want to hear about? What can I teach? And then I thought, why am I trying to come up with this stuff on my own? Why don't I just ask them what they want? Why try to come up with something from nothing when I can just talk to them? So I headed over to my Insta stories. It's where my ideal customer pretty much hangs out. And I simply asked them, like, what do you guys want to hear? What are you looking for in your business right now? What do you need? And I had so many ideas. I have enough ideas for podcasts for like two more months. And Jamie had asked me, how do you get out of a creative rut? And now here I am with this podcast titled, How to Get Out of a Creative Rut with Viral Content. It's not about coming up with something new or clever or crazy. You do not need to be out of the box. In fact, you need to be in the dang box. You need to be inside the box. You need to get in that box and listen. Stop talking for a minute and listen. It will do wonders for your business. All right, so be sure to tune in next week because I've got another good one for you, which also comes from my Insta stories. Uh, We're going to get really serious. We're going to talk about ready for it, why you need, you must, it's critical that you get on video in your business. Yes, I said it, video. Uh Uh-huh, we're doing it. Welcome to the struggle bus. I hate being on video. I don't mind it on Insta stories, but I just, anywhere else, it's stressful. So I I should say though, I used to hate being on video. I'm getting better with it and I'm going to teach you all the strategies to get more comfortable with it because it's a game changer in your business when you implement video and you are the subject of that video. But I'm going to teach you how to do it so there are not beads of sweat dripping down your forehead while you're on the video. You will be fine. I'll be with you. I'll walk you through it. And I just want to say thank you so much to all of you who have left a review on iTunes. I so appreciate you. This new podcaster really appreciates the boost. You've been taking pictures of yourself listening to the podcast so I can post on my stories. All of that work. It's like I have my own team out there supporting me and pushing this podcast forward and helping reach new teachers. (laughs) 
thanks so much for listening to the Teacher Hustle podcast. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button to get the latest episodes. If you have a question for me about marketing, mindset, momming, or even life in general, really anything along the lines of anything that I talk about, you can send me a voice recording over at alyssamcdonald.com slash askalyssa. That's A-L-I-S-S-A. No, I could never get those personalized pencils when I was in elementary school because I spelled my name with an I. Anyway, if you have a question and you send me a voice recording, who knows, your question might be featured on the next podcast. I can't wait to connect with you and I'll see you back here next week.